Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic Podcast. I am your host, once again, Hunter Salazar, and we are going to be metaphysically interpreting the Bible, and this is part seven, but page eight of the King James Bible, uh, Genesis 10. So let's go ahead and dive in. Now, we're going to have some generations of Noah covered here, so it's going to be a little bit repetitive for page eight. Um, so let me go ahead and read 25, the passage, the uh, paragraph just b- before page 8. Um, and unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for his, day, for his days was the earth divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. And Joktan begat Almodad and Shileth. And Hazar Meveth. I'm going to be butchering these names, so let's go ahead and skip ahead. 30. And their dwelling was from Mesha, as thou goest unto Sephar, a mount of the east. 31. These are the sons of Shem, after their families, after their tongues, in their lands, after their nations. So we're starting to see a real, a real expansion of the general uh, genealogy of uh, Noah, and we're starting to hear, you know, names we've that are very foreign to us, um, but they would have been very specific at the time and easily readable, uh, as far as you know. Oh, this is your name. Well, you're from this slightly different <laughs> part of the um, uh, the area that is, you know, Israel in the Middle East. Um, let's go to, uh, 31. There are the sons of Shem after their families, after their tongues, in their lands, after their nations. 32. These are the families of the sons of Noah after their generations in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. We can see even nowadays after a great, after a great, uh, Cladicism, like a, a flood or a hurricane, a drought, a fire, a war, we see that um, many nations get divided. And everybody is trying to figure out who has responsibility for what, because nobody wants to act. So there's division and a fear that one must do more than others. So chapter 11. And the whole earth was of one t- one language and of one speech. Oof. So this is this is stating that everybody not not only spoke the same language. You know, when it says whole earth, could have been just known earth, you know, in that section of the Middle East. Um, but if it meant all of earth knew the same language, then that's that's improbable. So what it probably meant was the consciousness around Earth was the exact same level of development. Two, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slim, uh, and slime, had they for mortar, for, and they said, "Go to, let us build a city and a tower, 
whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name. Let us be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built, builded. 6. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So, human ingenuity. Deciding to do something and really following it. But very one-pointed. The whole society deciding to create this work, this architecture. Seven. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language. Uh, that they may not understand one another's speech. So what that means is, you know, make everybody divided. Let every individual have, an, have a different opinion than everyone else. Let there be no compromise. Let there be no understanding between people, which is the surest way to destroy a people. Eight. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence unto the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Thereafter is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. These are the generations of Shem. Shem was a hundred years old and begat Arphaxad, two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he beget Arphaxad, 500 years, and begat sons and daughters. 12, and Arphaxad lived five and 30 years, and begat Saha. And Arphaxad lived after he begat Salah. For a hundred and three years, and begat sons and daughters. And Salah lived thirty years, and begat Iber. So we're starting to see a degeneration of uh, of lineage. And uh, before we go any further, let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone, and we are back. So let's continue um, with fifteen. And Salah lived after he begat Eber four hundred and three years, and begat sons and daughters. And Eber and Peleg, and let's go ahead and go down. Reu, Serug, Tera, Nahor. And then, oh, we're going even further. Uh, Abram, Nahor, Haram begat Lot. Haram died before his father. Tera in the land of his nat uh, nativity, and Ur of the uh, Chaldeus 29. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife, wife was Sarah. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. 30. But Sarai was barren, and she had no children. 31. And Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, 
and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee to. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be uh, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families and the earth be blessed. For so Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. So basically, we uh, we we arrive at the point where uh, the end of the page, but also the point where uh, God is definitely picking favorites. He's saying, he's saying, look, anybody who tries to curse you, I will curse. Anybody who blesses you, I will bless. Um. How do we read when God is behind somebody so so much? Um, it feels like even if he had done wrong, God would still be on his side. So why would God do that to one person? Um, well, we could go the easy route and say, yeah, omniscience. He already knows what's going to happen. Yes, true. But in, in essence, omniscience and destiny, since everything is dynamic and we don't know those things – these might as well be, you know, tossed to the side. Like, okay, whatever we decide, whatever happens, ends up being destiny. So why, so why even allow it to factor into our calculations? Because the end result will always be destiny. A lot of people say, oh, well, there is no destiny. Overcome destiny. Whatever happens, even if you think you're overcoming destiny, that is destiny. Um. So we might as well just toss all that to the side, fate and destiny, because it's irrelevant, because whatever happens, it ends up being that. Um, so that's the easy route. So why else would God side with Abram over other people? Uh, there, is, there is the idea that God has a chosen people that whose efforts will bless the entire earth and that only those with that bloodline can bless the earth. Um, this is an idea that pops up around the world, but not always to do with race, more culture, most of the time in history. We think of, you know, <laughs> Nazism and Aryans and things like that, but even like the most white Vikings and German tribesmen, they didn't have the idea of of race that was a that was connected very much to nationalism. Um, so let's say you know maybe Jew Jewish culture, say the the chosen people, Jewish culture was meant to uh, guide the world. That's one possibility, though I don't believe it. Um, 
third possibility, which I do believe, is that um, certain people are pivotal um, at various axes of time. Since God is privy to everything that will happen, he ends up supporting uh, certain people that reality itself spins upon, that history itself spins upon. It's not because these people are greater. It's just because they happen to be right at the hinge of where everything has to happen at that moment for everything else to happen. Which ultimately, you know, you could say that about anything, but I think that God places special favor, the source places special favor on these hinge individuals. And I think Abram was a, a hinge individual. And this doesn't make mean that I discount any religion or any other spiritual master or guru. And I am most certainly not Jewish or Christ, Christian. Either one, I most certainly am not. But there are hinge individual and individuals. And that's a big part of avatars as well. You know, uh, pure God consciousness, pure elevated consciousness coming down to take human form in order to guide us. Now, Krishna, Shakyamuni Buddha, Jesus Christ, way back Narayana. Um, there have been many avatars which a pure piece of God consciousness comes down and takes on human form, not because it has fallen, not because it needs to learn anything, but to help us. Those are the biggest hinges upon which history and consciousness and reality itself turns. But there are also hinges that aren't avatars. Small, small hinges, but important ones. And I think that this is where God places a lot of his power not in the overall, but in all of the hinges to where we have to be very far away, very far forward in history to really look back and say that was a hinge. At any rate, I hope this was interesting. This, this reading was kind of shorter than I expected because we had a whole bunch of generation talk like, oh, he, this guy begat this guy. Um, that happens sometimes, and I do apologize. I don't, but I definitely want to stick to the one-page policy thing. So next time, we're going to be on page uh, 9, and it's going to be part 8. At any rate, thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to message me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash hunter.salazar, H-U-N-T-E-R, period, S-A-L-A-Z-A-R. At any rate, thank you very much for listening, and hope all of you have a wonderful day.